Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Open Mic Podcast. My name is Caroline. I'm a rising senior at Columbia University, and I'm so excited to be hosting the series where we'll be talking about school and life and everything in between. Each episode will feature a new topic and a different guest. And today, I'm so excited to be introducing my good friend, Christian Werner. Christian, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Caroline. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Super excited to talk about architecture. My name is Christian Warner. I'm a originally class of 21, but now class of 22 architecture student at Columbia in Columbia College. And yeah, happy to share about my experience. Yeah, I think it's so cool that we're in the same, technically in the same class year now, because Christian was my OL when I was in MSOP, <laughs> so like the new student orientation program. And that's how we met, which was like three years ago. It was yeah. three years ago? Yeah. yeah, a long time ago now. I think I was a sophomore and you were a freshman. Yeah. And now we'll graduate together. <laughs> I'm so still getting fun. used to it, but yeah. yes, very excited. Yeah. And so that means that you took a gap year this past year, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, took a lot of, uh, I don't know, back and forth deciding whether I wanted to take a gap year or not. But ultimately, I decided to take the year off um, and kind of let things simmer back to normal. Uh, I didn't want to do my final year of architecture remotely. I really like the vibe of being in studio and working hands-on and collaborating with other people in the space. And so wanted to take the year off, let that settle down, get some work experience under my belt, and then come back with full gusto this year. So that's awesome. excited to come back. Yeah. And what, um, before we, I guess, we dive into your architecture major, what work experience did you do over, over the gap year? Yeah, I think I had I started with big hopes and dreams of traveling and working abroad and was very close to that. But, you know, COVID put a monkey wrench in things. So worked a couple part-time jobs here and there, now doing some graphic design stuff for a startup um, and really have spent a lot of time working on my own creative projects, which has been really nice, spending time with family and now spending time with friends in the city, not having school and homework <laughs> to do. So lots more time to explore. Right before this, so I was like doing some research on your previous <laughs> art slash architecture. And when we met, I knew you were an architecture major because you told us that, but I didn't know you had an art background before that, right? Was it like more like visual arts and painting? So Yeah, how, yeah. Yeah. So how did that interest develop? I mean, uh, it'll sound cliche, but I've been an artist since I was born. You know, I've always been painting and drawing. Um, and I, when I applied to college, I wanted to study visual arts. But I think once I got to college, I realized that I felt so constrained um, and kind of stuck in self-criticism of my arts. And I had worked in an art gallery for many years. So my art background had also been influenced about what sells and what doesn't sell. And I think in that way, I kind of felt stuck and needed a refresh, needed something different. And then I fell into architecture as a creative outlet and it turned out to be the best thing. So. Very happy I made the switch. Unfortunately, I can't talk about any of the visual arts studios on campus because I didn't take any. I switched straight to architecture, uh, but very happy that I made that transition. And I found that I've been able to channel uh, my artistic vision and my uh, just passion for visual arts through the architecture department, which has been really exciting. Did you know that you wanted to come to New York specifically for college? Yeah, uh, I'm from California, from the Bay Area, and I definitely knew I wanted to move far away, experience something different. And so definitely knew I wanted to hop across the coast, come to the East Coast, 
And I had never been to New York until I visited, you know, Columbia, NYU, some of the other schools here and just fell in love with the city. And that's when I, I knew, you know, I wanted to come to New York. I guess my, yeah, Columbia experience or the application process um, was kind of unconventional. I almost, I forgot to apply, almost forgot to apply and then never thought I'd get in. And here I am and very happy that I ended up here. Because you were, you were planning on doing like visual arts and were you think you weren't thinking about architecture at all, right? Like when you applied? It was, it was kind of in the back of my head. I had taken a couple landscape architecture classes at our local community college back home and really enjoyed those. But I knew that I didn't have to study architecture in undergrad to pursue landscape architecture graduate school, uh, which was kind of the plan. And so I was gonna continue doing visual arts and maybe sustainable development or environmental studies on the side. And then eventually maybe look into landscape architecture. Um, I think before coming to Columbia, I thought architecture was just rigid buildings, skyscrapers, all about, you know, square footage and bathrooms. And after, you know, a couple of classes in the architecture department, I realized that's not it at all. And there's so much more to explore and appreciate. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How would you describe architecture in like one to two sentences if someone asked you now? Yeah, that's a good question. I tell people all the time, I study the intersections of people in place. So thinking about the way that spaces influence human behavior and the way human behavior affects, you know, spaces, environments, buildings. And so I think it's all about the interactions between people and architecture and the built environment in general really kind of sets the scene for everything else that happens. And so that's what's really cool about studying architecture. It's made me look at the world differently. Yeah, I love that. I love that because I, I think it was an art hum that I took this past fall when we were talking. It was like my first intro to art and architecture, too. Mm -hmm. It was like I never thought of it as architecture influencing the way people move around and make sense of the space. It kind of was just like there, um, just like buildings are there mm -hmm. before. And I don't, never really thought about it that way. But it's like, oh someone puts a door there, then I can exit the room. But if there's no door there or they, they design it differently, then like the experience is completely different. Yeah, exactly. And I think studying architecture has helped me realize that. And it's, you know, it's more than just buildings and doors and interior spaces. It's sidewalks and yeah. it's windows and it's, you know, the way the trees line the street and the scaffolding on the street and all these things that you don't normally realize, um, they have a huge impact on the way people move around the city. Mm -hmm. talking about sidewalks so I don't I don't exactly remember this is correct but I remember I was outside of 116th gate um maybe like two years ago and I, was, I think I saw you like walking around with like this mannequin was that you or maybe it was someone else <laughs> yes that was probably me <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> was that for an art project it was not for an art project um nor any project but I did <laughs> I had a job at the scene shop so uh, building sets for theater at the graduate school oh. and they had a big pile of extra things and I brought a mannequin home as party decor and then it's made its way into a few different <laughs> few different photo ops few different set design projects uh, but yes that that would have been me walking down the street with a mannequin <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> that was so fun and what does a typical day in the life look like for you as an architecture student? Yeah, 
Uh, I guess starts out with studio in the morning, nine to 12. So three hour studio, which is great because you have time to really get into critiques and projects and you have time to work. And so always studio in the morning and then usually quick lunch and then off to another class. Uh, I would say at this point, most of my classes relate to architecture, human animal relationships or the human identity in a different way. So some class related to that. And then either off to work or off to do nothing at all. <laughs> There's no in between before dinner, have some dinner and then come back and work on homework, do readings in the common area of my suite or lounge and kind of discuss our, our readings with friends and then go to bed. <laughs> Although I'm an architecture student, all-nighters are a rarity. So I'm very proud of that. Oh, nice. Is it usually um, very common for architecture students to... Yeah, yeah, I think it's notorious um, oh. working, you know, 24 hours in the studio getting projects done, but I only had to do a couple of those the night before the final project is due. So Ooh. I'm thankful <laughs> for my sleep. Gotcha. So what exactly do you do in studio, in architecture studio? Yeah, um, so archit the architecture major is compromised of kind of couple separate parts. The one is the architecture studio, and that's where you're actually building things, creating things, designing things. And then you also have the history theory classes and the seminars. And so in studio, that's where you're actually designing spaces, designing furniture, designing books. Um, it's not always a building, but that's the space where you're going to be creating something, collaborating with other students and creating something and uh, getting feedback on your work. And that's my favorite part, of course, of studying architecture, is that the hands-on part of it. So I'm just thinking like, the, it's like very, it's like half design and half engineering. <laughs> well, normally, yes. Uh, Columbia's program is really cool in that it's really conceptual and theoretical and not so much structural, which may not be for everyone, but I absolutely love it. It means that I can be super creative and imaginative and think outside the box and not worry about structural part so I don't have to worry about you know where are the bathrooms and is this mm. going to stand up but that gives me so much more freedom uh, to be creative and come up with new ideas and then if I do eventually want to go into architecture as a career um, I feel like I've I've learned how to be creative first and figure out the logistics second and I think that just leads to much cooler projects than thinking about the logistics right off the bat and then trying to be creative from there so yeah, I really like Columbia's architecture program for that reason. Do you have um, any favorite architecture classes that you recommend? Yeah, yeah, I've taken a lot of cool classes. Um, in the history theory section, I took a class called Architectural Histories of Colonialism and Humanitarianism, which is definitely a mouthful, but it was really cool. We looked at architecture and the history of colonialism and um, you know, refugee camps being built and kind of slave plantations and what the architecture means in those kinds of spaces. And it was really cool to think about architecture that way and think about it from a critical lens um, and kind of question, you know, the canon of architecture and who we revere as these great architects and then who we don't, um, don't consider architects and kind of switching that around and uh, seeing which which architects, which people, which cultures have been up, underrepresented um, in the architecture dialogue. Um, so that was a really cool class. Modern architecture, a modern Japanese architecture with Jonathan Reynolds 
uh, was also very cool. He's kind of the expert on modern Japanese architecture. And that was my first set class at Columbia where, you know, that was the professor's study. He wrote the textbook and to, you know, sit there in the classroom and watch him shed a tear about some of his favorite buildings was really inspiring. Um, so that's one of the classes that really got me doing architecture in the first place. Wow, that's so cool that you were, you took the class with the person who wrote the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. I highly, to anyone, and no matter what field you study, highly recommend looking into those professors because mm. the class means so much more when, you know, that's their, that's their baby, that's their brainchild. Um, and it's just, yeah, it was really inspiring. From classes, do you have architects that you look up to or that whose style you really like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I get a lot of my inspiration from visual arts still. So I have a lot of artists uh, that inspire m my architecture. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily follow, you know, specific architects, but I love the weird buildings, you know, people pushing the box. I love Gaudi and his architecture um, in Barcelona. Mm. And, um, you know, some of the cool new buildings in New York City that some people may think are ugly, I, I love, you know, the vessel and uh, Little Island right off the coast just opened up. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of people pushing the boundaries of what architecture could look like. Does that mean that, like, a lot of your homework, or maybe not homework, but, like, research involves, like, traveling around New York to look at new sculptures or pieces of architecture? Yeah, yeah. That's one great thing about studying architecture in New York City. You have access to this huge spread. Um, of course, you, you know, you don't have the historical monuments you might have in, in Europe or South America or Asia, but you do have a lot of contemporary architecture. And uh, a lot of our projects are site specific. So we'll go to the site and take notes, you know, take pictures, um, be immersed in the space and then come back and design something for the space, which is really cool. Um, we went, we on, went on a field trip upstate and went kayaking as a class. And uh, next year I'll be going to Phoenix and the Bay Area to do some research for uh, the highest level design studio. Uh, with the whole class and um, we'll be interacting with different communities there so yeah yeah it's cool lots of opportunities to travel around and get to know the space you're designing for you said that that was like the highest level design class so mm -hmm. that's kind of like your senior thesis in a way is that right no uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, well kind of it's confusing so there are four studios in the architecture major plus an optional fifth um, and once you're a senior, you can either take that optional fifth studio, design three, we call it. You can write a thesis, um, or you can take a seminar class. And you have to, you have to do two of those, basically. Okay. Um, and so I'll be doing, I'll, I'll be doing all three. I'll write a thesis. I'll do this the high level studio, and um, the senior seminar is required. So it's an option um, once you're a senior. Oh wow. That's cool. So is the thesis project and the studio project separate completely? Yeah, yeah, they're separate. Um, and you don't have to do a thesis in the architecture department. Um, it's optional. But if you do want to do it, you can kind of, you know, pave your own way um, and talk to the advisors and figure out what you want to do. Sometimes that looks like a research thesis. Sometimes that's a design thesis. Um, and you can kind of create your own, your own project, which is nice. 
I'll be doing my thesis uh, more on the history and research side of architecture. And I'll be researching zoo architecture and its histories with colonialism and kind of the construction of human identity through animals and architectures along the boundary of that human animal uh, line. So definitely excited for that. So I've done uh, quite a bit of research in the past for different classes for that project already. And so I'm excited to kind of culminate it into one final piece of writing. Awesome. That is so cool. And that would be something that is, would that be intertwined in like a potential grad degree in landscape architecture that you were talking about before? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, I might end up pursuing uh, like a Fulbright research opportunity, continuing to study uh, zoo architecture in a different country, because this thesis will probably focus on American zoo architecture. Mm. But as of now, I don't have solid plans to go to grad school. I want to get a couple of years of work experience under my belt and then um, maybe go back to school. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Nice. <laughs> Subject to change, of course. <laughs> yeah. And talking about the we, we spoke about the senior year structure of the architecture program. So what does, what do the first three years typically look like? How many classes are required? And is there any electives that you can choose? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so the architecture major, along with most majors at Columbia, I think are meant to be started sophomore year. Oh. But you can definitely come in as a freshman um, and start right away if you want. But you'll start out doing... A, like a studio each semester as you move up. And then along with the required studio classes, you also have uh, history theory requirements. Um, the structure of the classes and the requirements have kind of changed since I started out. So um, it's a little different and some of the terminology might be different if you look on the website now <laughs> or start studying architecture next year. But for the most part, uh, there I think are five history theory classes, class requirements. Um, and some of those you can take in the art history department, looking at like art and architecture history. Some of them are more architecture focused. Um, we often have classes about like architecture and environmentalism or architecture and digital space. Um, so lots of cool classes you can take um, for, for the major within the major. And then in addition, we have what's called a cluster and so you have to pick three related courses uh, that are slightly related to architecture, um, sometimes more, more or less related to architecture. But the idea is that you kind of specialize in one topic and then you bring that knowledge to your final senior seminar. Mm -hmm. So some people do you know, classes about New York City in the um, urban studies department and the history department and uh, their cluster ends up being, you know, New York City history or New York City architecture. I have a friend who's doing a cluster related to dance and movement in architecture. Um, people do stuff about environmentalism. And of course, mine, as I mentioned before, is about human animal and architecture um, spaces. So lots of freedom within the, within the department to kind of choose your own specific niche area of study. It sounds very fun and that you get to learn about a lot of diverse fields, not only through your own research, but then also learning about other people's projects within the. Yeah. 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 yeah it's cool. Um, I think the, I mean, the cool thing about Columbia in general is that 
you can you have the time to explore things other than just your major. And so people are bringing uh, new approaches and new discussions into my architecture classes all the time. And it's never just about the building. It's about, you know, it brings in sociology and anthropology and history and race studies and um, other critical theory. And so it's really cool to have those conversations and to be immersed in such an interdisciplinary discussion. Sounds like a close-knit group too, I feel. I don't know if that's <laughs> correct. I don't know how big how big the major is, but. Yeah. No, it is. It's definitely a close-knit, uh, close-knit group. The major is not that big. Um, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes how big the architecture major is because some people are concentrating or minoring. If you're in Barnard, you can minor in architecture. Um, and some people are just taking studios for fun. And then some of us are majoring in architecture. Nice. So it's hard to tell, but it's definitely a close-knit group. Um, and most of the time, you kind of take studio classes with the same group of people because you're all on the same schedule. Um, and so you get close with people in your studio throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Do you think that going into the architecture major or minor, do you need um, a background in art or can you start off kind of just like fresh clean slate (laughs) yeah no of course you can start off fresh um I think the people who start off fresh have the the coolest ideas because they're bringing in a different background um to the subject so yeah you don't need an architecture background at all I didn't have one you know I had an arts background so I knew how to draw I knew how to paint but I didn't really know how to think about space in 3d and so uh it was cool to learn how to how to design in 3D and how to think about space like that in a new way. Um, and I felt like it gave me new rules to break. So it was, it was cool to kind of switch up my creative process. And um, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's different and it's similar to the artistic process, but there's so many more things to think about. So, you know, you have to do your site research and mm. I always interview people and you have to think about the space and, um, how your project will will kind of interact with so many different other things than just hanging on the wall, being in a gallery. So yeah. I really like liked the switch for that reason. Oh yeah. Does that mean 3D designing? Is that a lot of like software or like computer work? It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the program nowadays is digital. Mm-hmm. You still, you know, you, you start out by sketching and then you also learn, you know, the base techniques for hand sketching, plan drawings and diagrams. But uh, most of the work is digital. And uh, that's been another cool thing, too. You know, even if I don't want to go into uh, a career in architecture, I still have all the design tools to go into a variety of other fields. You know, I've learned Photoshop and Illustrator and a couple other programs in Adobe Suites. And then also 3D modeling programs. Uh, we use Rhino 3D at Columbia and AutoCAD. Um, and then, you know, there are opportunities to weave in other software for your projects. And so you definitely get those skills, but you don't need to come to Columbia with those skills already established. Mm-hmm. And what have been some of your favorite projects that you've done either for class or for outside of class? Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of cool projects. Um, I've built a city for termites and <laughs> an installation of lights and ocular centrism and a machine for biodiversity. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff. And then uh, in addition to kind of the more eccentric projects, I've designed like a climate museum and uh, like a water playground and kayak launch. Um, so those have been some of my favorite studio projects. 
I guess outside of studio, I do a lot of set design. So that's been another fun creative outlet. Um, since we don't often or ever build the buildings that we design in studio, set design has been a fun way for me to design a space and then see it built in person and see it come to life. And so those have been some of my favorite projects as well. Whoa, that is so cool. Wait, those like the ones that you, the names of the projects that you mentioned was a lot, the last one was what, a kayak? launcher kayak launch yes oh. <laughs> not a launch <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a way to to get kayaks in and out of the water um oh. <laughs> in Hallett's cove in queens yes so not not quite as fun as a kayak launcher although i guess it did launch the kayaks into the water somehow <laughs> is that why you had to go on the kayaking trip with your yes class? yes oh gotcha. we had to learn how to kayak and we had to learn how the kayaks got in and out of the water oh. uh, that was yeah that was definitely a fun project i had oh. fun with that one I never knew that architecture was so interactive. Like you have to really understand, like you were saying, like understand the space and how everything works and like the motion of everything and interactions with people too, which I think is- Yeah, cool. I think a lot of the times people look at architecture as an object, you know, if you design a building without keeping the space in mind, you're just designing an object, you know, you're not designing a space. And so in order to design um, a space that's actually gonna be you know, effective or compelling, you need to think about all these other things. You need to think about uh, like who's, who's going to be interacting with it and how are they going to interact with it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what does the community want out of a structure in, um, in their vicinity? And so lots of different things you have to think about when you're designing a building or a space or an installation. So when you talked about interviewing people, did you mean like talking to the community members? Like, for example, how they felt about that piece of architecture or what they expected from it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I'm concentrating in anthropology. And so um, I definitely pro interviewing people and talking to the community. And um, I did one project. It was a, a memory bank or a memorial for memories. Uh -huh. um, down in Sarah D. Roosevelt Park in Lower Manhattan. And I spent an afternoon interviewing homeless people in the park who kind of occupied that space during the day and gathering stories and their memories of the park and then using those stories to inform the design and then create this, uh, this installation to archive these memories and store them almost as a time capsule. So that was a really cool project because, you know, I got to really got to know the area through the people that inhabited it the most. Um, and I felt like my design, my end design really reflected that um, and was so strong because I had spent time talking to the people oh. in the community. Can, I'm, just, I'm just trying to envision like what it would look like. How, how did you <laughs> go about representing the memories? Yeah, I wasn't necessarily representing the memories, but more creating a space to share them and then mm -hmm. collect them. And so the whole idea was that uh, the space could be transformed by the visitors. And so it didn't have a solid form, but could expand and contract and open and close depending on the memory being shared. And if you wanted a private or a public conversation, um, or if you wanted different sight lines to different areas of the park. And I think the title of the project was Anti-Memorial Memory Bank, kind of playing with the idea that 
a memorial is usually meant to memorialize a single thing, but this was a memorial to um, everyone's memories and everyone's memories are different. And so creating a temporary transformable space for those memories to be shared. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> we think of like memorial to something that is more permanent and that is not really shifting or maybe like not transforming with the times, but mm -hmm. yeah, this is really cool. That, that sounds really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool project. <clears throat> and how about not over the academic year, but how about going into the summers? What have you been doing? Have you been working on any summer projects or jobs or anything like that? Yeah, uh, that's a fun transition talking about memorials because I had the opportunity in 2019 to work uh, with the American Battle Monuments Commission on site at a uh, World War I and World War II cemetery in Paris. Um, and so that was a really cool opportunity. I got to work on site at a memorial and think about um, the ways visitors interacted with the space and do research on the soldiers that were buried there. Um, and so that was a really cool opportunity. You know, I did a lot of Excel spreadsheets and photos and uh, background research, but to spend the time in that revered space was a really special, special moment. Um, and another plug for the Columbia. Uh, career center. I was. I got completely funded to do that, and so I wouldn't have been able to do it under otherwise. It was an unpaid internship through the government, but I got funding, uh, both a stipend for what I would have made if it was a paid opportunity, and uh, a scholarship for living expenses in Paris. And so I got to spend two months there, uh, working, living, having a great time. That is so cool. Wait, do you speak the language, or was it a? <laughs> I speak. Yeah, I speak a bit of French. Um, I took French in high school and then one semester of French in college, but I was working for Americans. So my French <laughs> did not really improve greatly um, in, you know, the, in the work sense, but I did get, I grew my French skills in ordering items at a restaurant and going to the grocery store and small talk when I, you know, at my regular cafe mm -hmm. um, and just making friends around. So the French got a little better, but not not a lot. But I was able to survive. It was fun. Mm, that's awesome. And was that your yeah. first? Uh, wait, I'm trying to think. Did you? That was. Your... Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was. I guess sophomore year, sophomore summer. Other than that, uh, I worked in an art gallery and rented kayaks, and <laughs> now doing this graphic design role. So all over the place. Um, yeah. I haven't done any, you know, architecture specific internships. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily want to go into architecture. And so I haven't felt the need to um, pursue those architecture internships, mm -hmm. but rather spend the time, you know, doing other things and gaining experience among a variety of fields and having fun along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And what do you think is a characteristic or I guess a set of characteristics that architects should have in general? Yeah, I think... I think you, you gotta have creativity. You gotta be able to think out of the box and push the boundaries of what you know architecture to be. Um, I also think it's really important to be collaborative. Uh, as much fun as it is to develop an idea on your own, I feel like the best ideas are always developed by a group of people, whether that's you know getting feedback from your classmates or your professors, or actually working on projects together and being able to collaborate to bring an idea to life. And so, 
being able to collaborate in a creative setting, I think, is a really good strength to have mm-hmm. when you're pursuing um, architecture, but also any artistic degree. Mm-hmm. I remember in Art Home, we had this discussion of whether, like, this was a discussion board that we had to post on. It was like, yeah. is architecture considered art and why? And I think mm-hmm. they were like split between, like, yes, because it like requires creativity all the processes that in design and engineering and building everything that is like artistic, but then also like there's a separate group of people who thought that it wasn't because it was like more practical in a way, but then, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's like a two separate or maybe like they could coexisting um, mindsets. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, what is art is an impossible (laughs) question to answer. Um, I think I've been able to, channel art through studying architecture mm-hmm. and uh, think about, you can think about art in a spatial sense, you know, and what is architecture and what is an insta- art installation? And you can kind of think about those things as intertwining. Um, and I think even, you know, I guess real building projects do have, you know, design and mm-hmm. you have to think artistically in order to create something um, that's appealing. But yeah, it is a fine line. You know, people like to distinguish design from art and craft from art and craft from design, but there are so many boundaries that can be blurred. Yeah. So I think it's hard to distinguish them and give each a separate definition. Definitely. I agree. <laughs> Let's see. And what about, since you, since you are well-traveled around New York City, what are some fun <laughs> places to visit or to, what are some fun things to experience when you're in the city? Yeah. I'll give you my uh, second trip to New York experiences that I like to tell people. You know, the first time you come, you go to the Met, you go to the MoMA, you go to the Empire State Building. Yeah. Uh, but I really like sending people to some of the um, lesser known areas. I think my favorite place in New York City is Governor's Island. Um, it's right off the coast of Manhattan and it's just this idyllic place. Um, it's historic because it used to be an army base and there are these colonial style buildings, uh, but it's also full of contemporary landscape architecture. And there's a hill with slides and there's a hammock yard and art installations. Um, And it's a really cool space and it's only open to foot traffic. So no cars, you take a 10 minute ferry uh, from Manhattan over and can rent bikes, walk around, see uh, the Statue of Liberty, see the skyline. So that's definitely my favorite place in New York City. Um, I also love, you know, Prospect Park. Central Park is great, but Prospect Park is really cool too. Um, It's the other Olmsted Park in the city. And it's it's cool. It has a pond and big open fields and you feel a little less like you're smack dab in the middle of the city. And so I like to go there and rent bikes and bike around. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I walk everywhere. So I do a lot of exploring walking from neighborhood to neighborhood, admiring the architecture and also just admiring um, the bookstores and the food is especially. So I've definitely had a lot of time to do exploring. Yeah, for sure. And what about something only a Columbia student would know based on your experiences and also maybe a favorite Columbia tradition? Okay, uh, let's see. Something a Columbia student, only a Columbia student would know. Well, I guess the nice thing about Columbia is that we have the core, I guess in 
Columbia College, we have the core curriculum. And so everyone has these shared experiences that other, you know, other people may not have. So I guess only a Columbia student would know what the inside of the walls of St. John the Divine look like, which is our cathedral. Um, and I guess it's, they're open to the public if you, if you take a tour, but that was one of my favorite memories um, of Columbia, I guess, and the core in general was taking a tour of St. John the Divine, which is our cathedral right down the road and going inside the walls and up to the roof. And that was a really cool experience. And I don't think very many people get to experience that. Mm. I guess favorite traditions on campus, uh, definitely the tree lighting ceremony, which I'm sure other guests have said, <laughs> but it's just the perfect tradition comes at the perfect time right before you get finals started mm -hmm. and get to come together, take the iconic profile picture um, with the lights <laughs> in the background and share hot chocolate. I think in addition to that, and in addition to the Columbia wide traditions, I think some of my favorite memories too are the traditions that I've created with my friends mm -hmm. and, you know, the things we do every year, we go apple picking or we go to our favorite Czech restaurant in Queens and these traditions that we've established um, and continue to do year after year have been some of my favorite memories. That's so sweet. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know this, but like, are there a lot of people in your year who have chosen to take gap years? And I'm, the reason I'm asking is I'm just wondering if any of your friends are also sticking around for- Yeah, a few of my friends are. I don't know how many people took gap years. Um, I think originally I thought it was more than <laughs> who actually did. <laughs> but uh, definitely more than usual because of COVID, um, but not a disproportionate amount of people. But I'm excited to, you know, come back. I'll miss my friends in studio and, you know, the friends I kind of did college with, but I'm excited to meet some new people in your class, yeah. uh, get to know some new faces oh, yeah. and yeah. That's true. Reconnect. That's so fun. Are you going to be an OL again this year? I am not, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I was an OL last year and then decided to take a gap year and then felt bad, you know, leaving my students and <laughs> passing them on to someone else. So I guess this could have been my opportunity to be a fifth year orientation leader, Ooh. but uh, I decided against that, but I'll still be around. I yeah. love NSOP and uh, that orientation week, another fun tradition. Yeah. And so definitely come say hi or hop on some of the tours that go downtown. I think that is a great note to end off on. And maybe if there's anything else that you want to talk about, or if you have any pieces of advice for people who are applying to college or who are about to enter their first year of college? Yeah, um, I think, you know, this, I'm a tour guide, so I tell this at the end of my tours, but, you know, I didn't, I almost didn't apply to Columbia because I never thought I'd get in. And then I almost didn't come because I didn't think I'd fit in. And I didn't think I had enough of a rigorous academic background to be successful here. But you know, I've been challenged, I've been successful, I've met incredible friends, I've had fun too. And I think, you know, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to, to go to school in New York City, go to a school like Columbia. And I've grown so much, both in self-confidence and creative confidence. And so I'm really thankful for my time here and excited to have one more year <laughs> before I graduate. Um, so yeah, very thankful for my time here. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I do have a project to plug if you don't mind. Um, if there are any designers or artists or viewers out there that 
want to join a design project I'm doing. It's called Exquisite Chez, and it's based off of the game Exquisite Corpse, where someone draws a head, someone draws a torso, someone draws the feet. But uh, instead of drawing a monster or a figure or a creature, I'm designing chairs. And so uh, you can submit a chair and then be randomly paired with another designer who's also designed a chair. And your chair top will be paired with their chair bottom and vice versa. And uh, the archive of all the designs is um, on a web website. I'm sure you can link it below. Yeah, for sure. So I'll send that over to you. Um, and you can also find it at Exquisite Sheds on Instagram. So would love to have some of your viewers join in the fun. Yeah, that sounds so awesome. It will definitely be in the description below if you guys are interested. Be sure to check it out. And <laughs> yeah, just thank you, Christian, for being here. I had such a good time talking to you and I learned so much, actually. I didn't like, I didn't realize I didn't know all this before talking to you. And now I have learned. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was able to share some of my knowledge about the department and mm -hmm. uh, my time at Columbia. And it was so great to catch up. Yeah. And thank you to our viewers too. And if you're watching this on YouTube as a video podcast, make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe and comment down below. And if you're listening to this on any other podcast streaming platform, then make sure to hit the thumbs up and follow if you can. And yeah, thank you everyone again. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you. See ya.